Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Glad everybody could join us today. We've got a lot to discuss. The Tampa Bay Lightning, no surprise, now with a 2-1 lead in their series with the Dallas Stars. We'll talk a little bit about that. We certainly will have our Islanders birthday of the day. And of course, we will discuss another Islanders player, uh, a pivotal former first-round draft pick who... We have to determine what, if anything, his future is going to be with the New York Islanders, so we'll talk a little bit about that, plus uh, a whole lot more to come on today's show. If there's something on your mind that is Islanders-related, a question, a topic you'd like us to discuss, a comment you'd like to make, please feel free to drop the show an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders notes, news, and happenings. All right. Wanted to first talk a little bit about the situation yesterday where John Ledecky felt that the Islanders are going to be a very desirable destination for free agents. And, you know, yesterday I mentioned that that is probably true, but they're not quite going to be in the top tier of desirable destinations just yet. And I stand by that. But here's the thing. If you want to do that, if you want to get into that top tier, the key is to win. And... Not just do it once, but to do it again. And I think this summer, or whenever, well, we're already in fall, so this offseason, the Islanders will be a much more desirable free agent destination. Again, depending on the cap hit, I think free agency in general is going to be a bit odd this year because of the coronavirus pandemic and the fallout from it. But... I think the Islanders' success, the Islanders' new home being a year away, and the young talent that they have built, and I think also the fact that the Islanders have a Class A coach and Class A general manager lined up are going to be big factors that will help them attract more free agents. When you know coming in 
that you are going to play for Barry Trotz and that your team is being built by Lou Lamorello, a, pl- a player who is looking to sign a free agent contract can be very confident that the organization is in very good hands, both on the ice and in the front office, and that in addition to the team's success in the playoffs and the young core and the arena being a year away, the brand new Belmont Park Arena, these are all things that should attract potential free agents. You're in a winning organization run by quality players and a quality management team and a great coach. All of this are things that can attract a player to the New York Islanders. So under no circumstances do I feel that this team is not an attractive free agent destination. I just don't feel that they are as of yet at the very top tier of that class. So we'll keep an eye on it. Obviously the cap situation is sensitive for the Islanders. It's sensitive for a lot of teams now. And it'll be interesting to see what Lou Lamorello does to free up some cap space this offseason. Keep in mind, trades are definitely likely. I think we'll see a lot of trades this offseason, not just by the Islanders, but throughout the league with a lot of cap implications being a part of them. And I think that when push comes to shove, the, the maxim that you have to give up something to get something remains true. And what we may see, instead of the Islanders signing a big free agent, they may either make a trade that sends away salary in exchange for a draft pick, and then down the road that would free up enough room for free agents, or maybe they trade a valuable piece, a defenseman, There is a surplus of defensemen right now. Maybe they trade a defenseman, even if it's a good defenseman, like a Boychuk or a Letty, uh, in order to free up enough cap space to bring in a forward who can help this team with goal scoring. We'll see where that situation ends up playing out, but it will certainly be interesting, to say the least. Meanwhile, last night, as we mentioned, the Tampa Bay Lightning defeating the Dallas Stars by a 5-2 score. So Tampa Bay uh, now has a 2-1 lead in this series. And Steven Stamkos comes back, scores a goal in his first game back, but then leaves the game early as a result of an injury. So his status remains up in the air uh, again, Andre Vasilevsky with a strong game, and Victor Hedman. Uh, Islander fans know only too well how valuable he is, and Hedman comes through with a goal and a pair of assists in this game, the goal being a power play goal and the game-winning goal in the second period. And look, you can't say enough about what a difference maker Hedman has been for the Tampa Bay Lightning in this game. So, uh, and in this whole playoff year, Lightning out shooting the Stars in this one 32 to 24 and basically getting the job done 
through thick and thin. So Tampa Bay now uh, up two games to one, and we'll see where it goes from there. All right, we've got a lot more to get to on today's show. We'll talk about another Islanders player, a former first-round pick who should have a lot of uh, influence on the Islanders' future. We'll talk about our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more. So stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And folks, I know how difficult it can be shopping for auto body parts, especially if you're not an expert at cars like me. I'm not exactly an expert there. But rockauto.com is here to help make that process easier. Chain stores have different price tiers. They'll charge a professional mechanic a little less. They'll charge you do-it-yourself for a little more. Not rockauto.com. Their prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. There's no membership. There is no account log on. All you got to do is log on to their website, rockauto.com, and instantly you can see all of the different parts that are available for your car, all the different price tiers, everything is right at your fingertips. And the prices are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? And they have everything your car needs. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. A couple of notes that I wanted to uh, talk about. First of all, great video that the Islanders posted to thank their fans on the official website. Definitely check that out. Uh, nice tribute to the fans after a great season. And, you know, looking at Twitter and, and all the things being discussed there, the Islanders, you know, fans very proud of this team and rightfully so after everything that they provided for the team and the fans this year. Another piece of news yesterday, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, uh, Looks like he is going to be involved in purchasing uh, his Quebec Junior League team, the Gatineau Olympiques. Uh, He played there for three seasons, 2009-2010 through 2011-2012. Had a very good season in his second year there, 32 goals, 79 points. He is now going to be part of a group buying the team. So what a year. For Pajot, uh, ends up having a career high in goals, gets traded to the New York Islanders, helps the Islanders make a long playoff run, gets a new contract from the Islanders, and now is involved in buying his junior hockey league team. So uh, congratulations to Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and we will have a little bit more information about that uh, as it becomes available, but pretty interesting stuff, uh, and we wish uh, Pajot and the Olympics all the luck in the world. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it's going to be essentially a day early. Uh, Friday is the 56th birthday of former Islanders wing Dale Henry. Henry 
drafted by the Islanders in the eighth round back in 1983 after spending three solid seasons with the Saskatoon Blades, even scored 41 goals for them in his last year in the Western Hockey League, made his Islanders debut in 1984-85 and ended up staying with the Islanders for parts of every season through 1989-90, then ended up uh, playing a lot of minor league hockey, stayed in the minors until 2001-2002. His NHL numbers, 132 games played, 13 goals and 39 points, all of them coming with the New York Islanders. We're going to take a look back at one of Dale Henry's better games, February 16th, 1988 at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders taking on the Calgary Flames. Uh, Mike Vernon in goal to start for the Flames against Billy Smith. Two very good goaltenders in this one. And the Flames get on the board first. Brett Hull. Yeah, he did start his career, folks, with the Calgary uh, Flames. Hull got his 25th from Rick Natras and Joel Otto, just 243 into the game, and quickly the Islanders trailed one to nothing. But Gerald Diddick answered uh, two and a half minutes later, his fifth from Derek King and Brent Sutter at 519. Three and a half minutes after that, Dale Henry scores his third from Bob Basson and Gerald Diddick, and it's two to one Islanders, and then a pair of power play goals for the Isles. Gary Suter in the penalty box for interference. Brian Trottier gets his 20th of the year. Jeff Finley and Miko Makalo with the helpers at 16:27 made it three to one Islanders. And then with Gary Roberts off for tripping in the final minute of the period, Pat Lafontaine is 34th from Makala and Trottier at 19:45. So 15 seconds left in the period after one period, four to one in favor of the Islanders. Late in the second period with Joel Otto off for interference, LaFontaine scores again. His 35th, Makala and Tomas Janssen with the helpers at 14.04. But then the Flames strike. Al McGinnis from ex-Islander John Tonelli and Kevin Guy at 15.53. And then with Brent Sutter in the box for tripping, Joe Mullen, New York native, his 29th from Al McGinnis and Joel Otto at 18:53. So after two periods, the Islanders had a 5-3 lead, and the game was getting tight. But early in the third period, Brad Lauer, his 12th unassisted at 1:30, and then a natural hat trick for Greg Gilbert, his 11th at 3:57 unassisted, his 12th at 6:18 unassisted, and then a power play goal. His 13th for the hat trick, Jeff Finley and Gerald Diddick with the helpers at 11:25. Final score when all was said and done, the Islanders skate away with a 9-3 win over the Flames. Vernon pulled from the game and Doug Dadswell finished up. He ended up giving up the last five goals in this one. Gilbert with the hat trick. Two assists for Jeff Finley, Gerald Diddick, a goal and two assists, Pat LaFontaine. Two goals, a goal and an assist for Brian Trottier, three assists for Miko Makala. But Dale Henry, uh, his goal coming, he had seven penalty minutes on top of it and four shots on goal. So Dale Henry coming up 
big for the Islanders in this one, and we wish him a day early, a very happy 56th birthday for the native of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and a big part of the Islanders in the late mid to late 80s up till 1990. We will discuss a former Islanders first round pick, where he fits in, whether he stays or goes, and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Glad to be with you here on our Thursday show. And we continue our look at all the players on the Islanders roster this year. We took care of Tomas Grice a couple of days ago. We also took a look yesterday at Derek Brassard, and you should check those out if you didn't get a chance to listen to them. Today, we're going to discuss Kiefer Bellows. Bellows, of course, the Islanders' first pick uh, in the 2016 draft, 19th overall, and made his NHL debut this year. Uh, Appeared in eight games with the Islanders, two goals, one assist, and three points, was a plus three. Also picked up two penalty minutes. Spent most of the year down in Bridgeport, 52 games, led the Sound Tigers with 22 goals and had 31 points. Look, here's the deal with Kiefer Bellows. He is capable of putting some pucks in the net. He is likely going to be a power forward. He's at 6'1", uh, a little less than 200 pounds, still maturing physically now, uh, will be 23 years old next June, and we don't know where that fits in. So 22 years old right now, should be starting to get to some of his best hockey. More of a goal scorer than a playmaker, 22 goals, 9 assists is Cy Young Award territory. And for those of you who may not know, players who have a lot more goals than assists, it kind of looks like a pitcher's one-loss record. So 22 goals, nine assists, the hockey term, you know, they they say that that's a Cy Young Award kind of a record. Um, But look, Bellows does provide something the Islanders desperately need, and that is additional goal scoring. And the question really becomes... You know, Kiefer Bellows can be a low-cost option for the New York Islanders, still playing on his entry-level contract, and maybe, you know, if he can provide 20 goals, let's say, over the course of the season, that can increase what the Islanders can do offensively. We know they need help on the power play, and certainly Bellows can play a role doing some of the things that Anders Lee does, getting down low, screening goalies, getting those tips, deflections, rebounds, etc. And that is something the Islanders desperately need. But the question also becomes this. Uh, As I mentioned earlier on in the show, when you're talking about trades, very often you have to give up something to get something good. And maybe the Islanders don't think that Bellows is really going to pan out, and maybe the management says, okay, we're willing to trade Kiefer Bellows for a more mature player and let someone else have the benefit of a potential goal scorer with a low cap hit if it gets us a Patrick Lanay or a similar 25, 
30-goal scorer who we can count on right now, who we know is an established NHL player who can get the job done, who can make uh, plays for us now and fit in. I don't think Bellows is really ready for top six forward minutes just yet in the NHL. He's probably a third-line guy if you look up and down this Islanders lineup. Maybe you can move a guy like Josh Bailey down to the third line sometimes, but I don't think that that's good, especially after the playoff that Bailey had, that you'd be looking to do that. So Bellows, if he stays, probably plays on the third line, probably plays on the second power play unit if he makes the team. He could also start the season in Bridgeport, but again, we don't know when and if the AHL will be starting up, and that complicates matters even further. So a lot of questions concerning Kiefer Bellows, and you get the feeling when you analyze this that Bellows is at a crossroads of his career. He may make the Islanders this year and contribute and score 15, 20, 22 goals, something like that, with his second power play unit and third line or even possibly second line at times minutes. He may be traded or he may, again, not make the big team and end up playing in Bridgeport or somewhere else in the AHL, depending on what Lou Lamorello is offered for him and what he has in mind, how the Islanders evaluate him, and so on. I think that the key for Bellows, or one of the keys for Bellows, is proving he can get the job done in all three zones of the ice. And we talked about this on the show when he did play those eight games for the Islanders. He scored goals in his first couple of games, and immediately... You know, Barry Trotz was like, hey, great to see the kid put the puck in the net, but he's got to A, prove he can play in all three zones, and B, uh, be consistent night in and night out. So those are the challenges facing Kiefer Bellows when trying to figure out what his future is with the New York Islanders. It's still very much up in the air, and I get the feeling that this offseason will be pivotal for the future of Kiefer Bellows, whether it's as an Islander, as a Sound Tiger, or with a different organization as part of some kind of a trade. Any one of those things are possible. I like this kid. I would like to see him in an Islanders uniform next season. But look, they, it may be a situation where Lou Lamorello is given an offer that he should not and cannot refuse to acquire a proven NHL goal scorer and Kiefer Bellows may end up being part of that deal. We'll keep an eye on it. Any news that happens, of course, we'll let you know. Don't forget, new shows drop every Monday through Friday here. We are still on a five-day-a-week schedule right now, and we will continue our look at the offseason, at all the players on the Islanders roster, what they did this season, where they may fit in next season, and we will continue to keep you up to date previewing the draft, free agency, and everything else, New York Islanders. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And remember, let's go Islanders.